I'm glad that men don't regularly wear mascara. You know, I just have been wrestling with the Lord because I am just reminded, you know, it talks about the eternal weight of glory. It's not the eternal pittance of glory. It's a weight. And I am just so... I'm a mess. I am so impressed by God on the the weight of his word and what he is doing in this community. And I'm grateful for the the synergy of, of what he's speaking throughout the messages and the need for us to be able to hear from him. And Sandra just prayed about um, learning his ways. I need three arms right now. The, the Israelites went in to Egypt. God gave them a message to bring them out of Egypt. They went in effectively as a family and they came out as a nation. They just didn't know it. And they had to learn his ways, had to be impressed upon them and in them for them to come into what he had for them. And it's just been showing me how he gave them here in this place, his promise of this. What he didn't tell them was this bit. And he couldn't. Because there was a purpose for it. It was for them to learn his ways. For the tests to reveal their heart. He already knew. Unfortunately, in the first round, when they got to the promised land, they were still like they were in Egypt. It took 40 years and the loss of a whole generation to get them into a place where he was bringing them into who they are. And that's a, a walk for us. It's through this, this bringing us into who we actually already are. You know, they came out of Egypt, they were here. It's just that they were walking like this, not like this. Because they were already there. He saw them as here. They had to enter. This is the same for us. It's who he says we are. We need eyes of faith to see. And we need to learn his ways. Thank you, third arm. And so, Father, I pray. I pray as we look at this that it's your word and that your message comes out. Chris.
That's a word from the poor, not from the Lord. Can you grab the tissues, mate? Thanks. Lord, that we hear your word, that we learn your ways. Father, may the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. May it bear fruit in the lives of many because of your word. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, guys. Help me if I got book up anymore. You know, I will try my best to stick to this. I've been a real wrestle over what this message is about. And remember, we're, we're speaking of the fivefold and the purpose of the fivefold. So just in the notes in the first bit, we're talking about, we're speaking coming out of Ephesians 4. That should actually be 4, 12 to 13, not to 14. And the reason he's given these gifts, and it's important to remember, they're gifts given by God. The, 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 tonight we're speaking about the, the pastor. I want to talk about what he's uh, revealing and the reason why the pastor and I guess if, uh, if I put a question out, what would be the gift that you would see on my life? You know? Good man, right answer. <laughs> and people keep saying that to me. Pastor, shepherd, that's not my natural nature. My, my natural nature is to form you into structure, into form, into pattern, into order. You should see the cups in my house on Saturday. (laughs) The spoons are glorious to look at. (laughs) You know, the things that sit on a table that are not square to the corner. That look just right when they follow a form and a pattern, but you cannot shape a heart that way. And so, whatever you see in me that's that of the pastor, it's a gift of God that's formed in me because it's not my natural way. And it's so important that as we understand the role of the pastor, that it's a gift given of God, for a reason, it's not a man-made skill or technique because it'll be out of kilter with God's purpose and God's way and I guarantee you, it'll be out of kilter with the man himself. And please forgive me if I keep referring to man and him and his. It's whoever it applies to. So it's important to note that these gifts are given Ephesians 4, 12, They're given to prepare God's people for works of service. 
Sam, thank you so much for bringing that this morning. Prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith. So to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge that's a true intimate knowledge, a true revealed position, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I love the way he really emphasizes things. It's not just like the fullness. It's the whole measure of fullness. <laughs> you know? <laughs> really emphasizing there's something for, for us individually and for us as his body. You know? His church is to come and you can't have unity with one. You have to have another person, another group of persons. And it's the work of, of the Holy Spirit that's working in us that brings us into the place when I'm here at the table, just because we're together doesn't mean we're in unity. We might be in, in unity around the table or conformity or togetherness. But when you, in Christ, it's his body. So when you find yourself in his body, you're in unity because you're in his body. It's not something you make happen. It is because it is his body. This is what he's working within us. So the structure, the reason, the purpose of the fivefold and the pastor in this is to lead us into this unity, into the full measure. And it's the pastor that's going to be walking with the, the, the sheep. Now I'm going to flick over now and start referring, if I can, my head, to shepherd and sheep. Okay, so it's the shepherd's role to walk with the sheep, to bring the sheep into this place. So we looked last week about what the, what the, the priest or the, the pastor, the shepherd is not. We'll look into what he is. And I, I've, I have wrestled with this. You know, the first that he took me to, which we're going to be looking at of Ezekiel, and I wanted to, to speak into this, and he, Ezekiel's broken into basically three or four uh, chunks, what the, what the uh, shepherds are not, what God defines the shepherd to be, what the sheep are responsible for, and why God's doing this. And what was first off the cuff, which I will touch on it, is about the shepherd is what you probably don't know him as. You don't think of a shepherd like this. Think of David. What was some of the first account we hear of David? With a sling... 
that wasn't, well, Goliath, I just wonder if you could possibly sort of lay down. <laughs> it might, might be awfully nice for me. <laughs> if you don't mind, if sort of a kneeling position would be rather good. Just extend the head out a little bit. Jolly good. <laughs> Borrow your sword. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and here we go. In the name of the Lord of the host. Oh, there it is, off with his head. <laughs> it's marvellous, thank you, because here's the role of a, of a pastor, you know, as a lovely shepherd. He said, oh, couldn't, couldn't possibly pick up a you know, stone and hurl it at the chap. Oh, no. No. Man, here's a guy who had a heart after the Lord. And I'm talking about a spiritual aspect of the shepherd. There's this, you're not going to do this to your sheep, but you'll do this spiritually in prayer. It'll be an aspect, a hallmark that's in the shepherd for a reason. For a reason. So that's where I was being led in my heart, I guess, that I was preparing for tonight was heading for quite a different direction, looking at the shepherd, which is a missing word, as a warrior, one who's, who is prepared to fight spiritually. And this is an aspect of a shepherd, of the true, the real shepherd, in the context of what God is doing. And remember, the fivefold, I loved a picture that I just saw just recently, Apostle, Here's from God and the prophet sees from God, points the direction, the evangelist to be leading and calling, outreaching, the shepherd. What finger is it on? And the teacher, close together. The apostle, able to resonate with each of them. Difficult for the others to actually reach together when they're in isolation. But together, spiritually I'm talking about, it smashes down strongholds and principalities and wrong mindsets so that the people who are coming out of captivity can learn his ways to come into who he calls us as. So it takes that smashing down of mindsets in order for us to come into who we are. So he sets this order for us. Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, the apostle and high priest of our calling, that we would know him set perfectly. It's a keystone that sets perfect angles for the rest of the building to be um, to, to be laid out. The foundations laid by the apostle and the prophet to lead us in the right direction, so that the pastors can actually walk with the shepherds, can walk with the sheep to bring them into the place that he's calling us to be. But the, the Spirit kept 
calling to my heart about the Father, about the Father heart nature. If you focus on this, then the focus will come in the wrong direction. It's all focusing on what you're actually punching. But the focus is not what you're punching, not as a pastor, not as a shepherd. It's an aspect of who they are, but the focus is not that. It's an outcome of the intimacy with God. The focus is on the sheep, to tend the sheep. You know, the, the sheep, the shepherd and the sheep are intrinsically connected, knitted together. They're intimately, intricately, inseparably knitted together. Without the sheep, without the herd, the flock, it's just a ship. <laughs> what, what do you do? Yeah, that's right. Herd of sheep? Of course I have. <laughs> you know? That's a famous ad for anyone who can remember it. Without, without the shepherd, the sheep wander. They are so intricately woven together, they, they need each other. So otherwise the shepherd's just a sheep. What's he gonna do? And the focus is not about himself, it's about the sheep. So the sheep, without the shepherd, left to their own devices, will wander. They will go astray. That's one of the, one of the issues that the Lord spoke to the, to the shepherds in Ezekiel in the first chapter, that the result of them actually being ships, not shepherds, because the focus wasn't the sheep, the focus was himself, was their outcome, was that the sheep <laughs> started wandering all over the place. So the sheep had no sight. They had no vision. Who is it that gives the vision, the insight, the hearing from God? The apostles and the prophets. They bring the heavenly concepts. This is Christ's pattern for us. It's why Ephesians is there for us. They bring the heavenly patterns, the heavenly information, the heavenly uh, revelation down so that we can hear and see what he's saying he is bringing us into. The shepherds, when it's all in the right alignment, coming off of the cornerstone, having been built on a right foundation, will be able to build the foundation that is laid by Jesus Christ on Jesus Christ, not some sandy, wobbly thing, but an actual foundation laid in Christ. The, sh the shepherds, the pastor, will be able to build on that, having in unity and in submission one to another, w working together in perfect unity and harmony, not one trying to lord it over another, not one trying to be more important than the other, knowing and flowing in a gift that is given by God, by the choosing of the Holy Spirit as he sees fit. I don't have to be jealous of Greg. I don't have to strive to be his, his role or his gifting. 
I'm going to struggle with my own. <laughs> you know? And so when, when that happens in the same for Sandra, Chris, Sam, Chris, that in this apostolic ministry, the shepherd can actually function here from heaven in submission to the apostle and the prophet and the teacher. Um, yes, yes, yes. This is how this functions. This is what I'm seeing. I'm hearing what you're saying, Father. And now I'll be able to function in that. And it will look right. And I am fully convinced that when we do God's things, God's way, we can expect God's outcomes. So it's not wrong to have faith and hope to believe for these outcomes to be happening as we align ourselves in submission to him. And the shepherd falls into that category as well. And I realized this afternoon as I was thinking about this, Moses, a little bit like me, fine form and structure. (laughs) (laughs) I I choose what I want to hear. You know, who was a man of stature. He wasn't sort of some insipid little fella. He was gifted in speaking. He saw there was a problem. I need to get these sheep out of here. And he thought he'd do it his way. And yet, later on, we we were called, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. But I see a man, and I'm going to use him takes him out and breaks him for 40 years in order to be able to send him back to achieve what he wants to do. What was he doing? What was his job for 40 years? He was a shepherd. So why does God use so often through Scripture the shepherd? I'm way off my notes. I got the wrong two sets of notes up here. Uh, where do I get to in the last one to, to be written out? There's a powerful chapter on both the shepherd and the sheep. The Lord spells out clearly what he saw the shepherds doing, and more correctly, not doing, and held them to account. So I'll just quickly read through that next one. Chris spoke to this last week, then the Lord declares that he, God, will be the shepherd. I really encourage you to go, when you go home, to read Ezekiel 34. Just meditate on it and hear what he's saying, especially what he's saying to the sheep. Uh, Here we see outlined the nature of the true shepherd. And throughout Ezekiel 34, he speaks to the responsibility of the sheep. And it tails off at the end of that chapter, just in case anybody didn't get it. It says, the sheep are his people. 
So back to Moses and the the this this uh, positioning of the of the shepherd and what he's doing. Why does he tend to use this this example of the shepherd and the sheep? You know, sh- sheep are an unruly lot, left to their own devices. They're all over the place. Has anyone here sort of worked on or be on been on a sheep farm much at all? No one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Vera. <laughs> um, well, I have a little bit. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Um, cousins at um, at farms and stock truck drivers and whatever, used to go and spend a bit of time with them during the holidays and driving around the stock trucks. Sheep are unusual. (laughs) When they're all heading in this one direction, you'll get one that'll turn around and jump the other way. And if you happen to be in the way, (laughs) you'll you'll feel the full weight of a full-blown sheep's jumping at you. (laughs) So, you know, the, the... they tend to have a mind of their own. They're all over the place. For 40 years, Moses was tending the sheep, and God uses the examples of shepherds and the sheep right through the Old Testament. Even Jesus speaks to it. But it's for a reason. The shepherd learns. Man, one thing I can see out of this, you want to learn patience, you be a shepherd. Because <laughs> you're a sheep all over the show. Particularly when you're not driving them as we would see with dogs. And one of the, image that, the images that, that is shown is that the shepherd, remember, is intricately involved, intimately involved with the sheep. So that the sheep know the shepherd and the shepherd knows the sheep. You know, in the Old Testament times, you know, we, we talk about there being a sheep pen. Often it's more, more than one mob or flock of sheep that are in that sheep pen. And the shepherds would be at the gate. So in the morning when it was time to come out, the shepherd would be able to call out, Ollie, Sam, Chris, Mike, Rochelle, Sandra. Yeah. (laughs) I'll touch it towards the end on the unruly sheep. <laughs> and, and I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's not looking good for him. <laughs> but, you know, so the sheep, my sheep, yeah, he says, my sheep know me. I know my sheep. My sheep, who are the sheep? We are. The question is, do we know him? You know, the pastor's role is to be intimately involved with the sheep so that you can we, we can lead the sheep into the intimacy, not with me, with Christ himself. You're led into him. But the pastor, the shepherd, needs to know that, needs to hear that, needs to understand so that the foundation that's laid that is built on follows the pattern of what it's all about, that we've been led into the full measure, to the wholeness 
of Christ himself. And for what purpose? To be prepared. He's looking for his bride. Not just to get to a promise. The promise is him. Him himself. And so, you know, the Lord is working in Moses through all of this. Is that me? Okay. So he's working with Moses, preparing to the point when he recognizes, now having turned aside to see the, bo- the burning bush, and the Lord's going to send him uh, send somebody else because I have kind of got an idea what this is going to be like and I don't particularly want to do this. But right throughout Scripture, he's using this, this, this model, this pattern, this understanding of the sheep. You know, the pastors roll along with others to play their part in the assignment, uh, in the outworking of God's will, our transformation to the likeness and the image of Christ. We see that in 2 Corinthians. Oops. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Yep. But we with all unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Ephesians 4.12. To the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 1 John 2.6, so that we ought, ought to himself walk even as Christ walked. Here's the role of the function of the pastor, intimately involved. The pastor is not back here. If I could whistle, I'd whistle. Bark from the dog. That's not the image of the pastor, of the shepherd. He's not driving his sheep to perform Stuff to get you in, to come on, do stuff, come on. Yeah, God is good, get out there and do it, come on. Uh, but rather he's more intimately involved with the sheep in amongst them saying, come on, come on Chris, come to me, I'll lead you. And when he comes out, who's at the front? The shepherd, the sheep are following. What do you think he said, come follow me? He didn't say come, I'll drive you around town. You <laughs> But that comes out of an intimacy. So the shepherd, the pastor, is to be building and encouraging to be intimately involved with the sheep, to know them. Now, I really believe that the probably the most misunderstood of the fivefold gifts, purely numerically speaking, is the pastor. Because every church, effectively, has got a pastor. And if the pastors don't understand what the role of the pastor, the shepherd, is, what they will model will not be in, li- in alignment with his pattern. So that the sheep will learn the role of a pastor by what's modelled in front of them. And this is why the Lord's doing amazing and a powerful work in this house. And I'm saying we're perfect. I'm saying we're the only ones who've got it all together. I just know the work that he's doing here. And through the the unpacking and the equipping of the fivefold in alignment with God, doing God's things, God's ways, we can expect his outcomes and the role 
of the shepherd is to model the intimacy with the sheep, to know the sheep, to walk with the sheep, to lead and tend the sheep, to bring them into the life of Christ, into the full, the whole fullness of him. Just as we go into looking at the, you know, what does that past in the shepherd look like? One of the key things just to touch on too, which I, this is, look, I'm, I'm learning this as I go. I'm discovering this as I go. Remember my, my, my nature. My nature actually conforms very well to this. <laughs> because it's very ordered, it's very structured, you know exactly every part, and every part will do their, their bit this way. But he's breaking, broken and breaking that out of me as I'm being released into the gift and growing in the gift that he's put on my life. I, I, I found myself out there weeping, saying, don't send me. No. I, I know because I fought for them. And I don't want it. Because I understand the weight of what this is, of this word. So I pray. I was praying. I find in the last couple of months I found myself in the service praying and my stomach is getting tight. And my prayers sound like this. So beautiful. <sighs> and I don't understand. But I see in Scripture it says there was groans and utterings that words can't express because there's something that's being birthed in the Spirit for us to lay hold of. And when Greg brought a message um, about a month or so ago, it was a very powerful message. And there was something that was shifting in the Spirit. And I said to him, Greg, I, I don't know what it is, but I've got to go and pray. When, you f when we're finished the singing and worship, I'm going to come out here and pray because this is just tight in my stomach. I need to pray and break through. When Steve was praying the other night, I found this was happening again. And tonight, I found it happening again. One of the aspects of a shepherd will be to pray. It is a spiritual battle that we fight, not against flesh and blood. I haven't called to condemn the world. The world already stands condemned. I came to save the world, and we are called to love. That is against powers and principalities that, as we heard this morning, formed within us, his work becomes a demonstration of the manifold wisdom of God to the powers and principalities that will demonstrate and show God is love. It is who he is. So part of the the function, the role, what it looks like of, a, of the shepherd will be to pray. The shepherd will pray and pray. The I sang out there. I can't sing. I couldn't sing to save my life. But I was singing out there. I couldn't help myself. Because God is forming something within me. Not for me. What were the gifts given for? 
for preparing God's people so beautifully spoken this morning for works of service so that we come into this. I'm going to pinch a line for the evangelist when they come. A dear man who took me under his wing. He's spoken here a couple of times and he passed away a couple of months ago. With Jim Hearn, for anyone who remembers him. I remember one service in Tauranga. He got up on a chair and he looked at everyone and says, Man, you lot, you look like you're sucking on lemons. <laughs> Come on, let's get the joy of the Lord into us, you know? <laughs> you know? And let's get out there and let's live this. And he says, You know, I've sussed something out. You're looking at me. And your eyes are focused in the wrong place. Do you know what? Shepherds don't produce sheep. Sheep do. <laughs> sheep do to prepare God's people for works of service. So in alignment with him, the focus of the shepherd is to draw and lead people into the life of Christ so that the life of Christ is formed. And we see that happening. It's absolutely prophetically happening in front of our eyes if you've got eyes to see people coming into this people awakening people being stirred old life falling away being confronted by God himself so in this gift set this calling forward other shepherds you know out of all the gifts how many sheep are there without a numerical number heaps Heaps of sheeps. <laughs> How many shepherds do you need? Heaps of shepherds. So the shepherds to be raised up amongst the sheep. Why? Because there's a nation that is being formed to bring them into the promised land that need to know who they are. And the shepherds need to walk amongst the people hearing from God, divinely appointed from the apostles and the prophets, hearing from the teachers, breaking down what is being said with ears tuned to him to be able to communicate that to the people, to the nation, that we're one nation. Not America. <laughs> we're one people. But the shepherd will be intimately involved with the sheep hearing what has been spoken, leading and tending the sheep into this life, the very life of Christ himself. Ezekiel thirty-four twelve, he says, what does a true shepherd, what does a pastor look like? God sets the pattern, but it will be fleshed out in the person of the shepherd living this. The shepherd will look for his sheep. You know, whenever there's a gathering, the shepherds just naturally start coming up and saying, how is it? How's life? What's happening? How's Jesus? <laughs> Come on. What happened last week when you're telling me about XXX? You know? How's it going? I, look, I'll tell you, there's one thing that I've grown to know. There's one thing I've, I've seen and God stirred within me. And it's about, and I love this word in here, it talks about 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure. I saw Greg once at a, I think we were at El Rancho, wherever we were, and he was giving a message, and it was, it was powerful. He was just speaking, and it was speaking and bringing life, and it was the start of this. And he was numbering things off and listing things off. Now, in the flesh, when you're giving the numbers, as he was rattling them off, it looks like he's given the finger. And there's a big chortle that runs throughout everybody. In the spirit, you just bypassed all of that, and you're so fixed on what he was saying, this other stuff just fell away. And it was, what? Oh, well, why were we even there? I was listening on this and saw it for what it is. So I don't mean that as a, as a put down of anybody. But I want to call us all forward to a maturity that's able to hear the spiritual word that's been spoken, not the noise that's coming out of here. So that we bypass anything that sounds stupid or sounds odd or is attuned to a world's way of thinking but is tuned to him and will receive from him what he's saying. Because the point is that the pastor is intimately involved with the sheep to lead the sheep into the life of Christ. He will, she will be just naturally flowing in the gift, looking. I saw your post. It's wonderful. How's that working? How are you going now? What's happening within you? How are you coping with this? It just, just happens. Because the shepherd is intimately involved and knows the sheep. I'll rescue them from where they're scattered. The shepherd will go looking. There's something he's stirring in, in me. And he's forming this very closely within my own family. The stirring of the looking. And the concerns that we have here at the rock. Where's this person? Where's, where's that person? Haven't seen them. Wonder what's happened there? Oh well, never mind. Plenty of other sheep. No. Yeah. Who has? Was it hundred sheep? Ninety-nine sheep? Hmm. One. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> That's not how it goes. Goes out looking for the one. It stirs within the heart. Why? Because that one is important for the nation, for the body to be led into Christ. Where did we get up to? I'll rescue. I'll bring them out. It was, it was just, a, I found it interesting just in the drive in, just talking with. Realizing how much of a picture Moses is of a typology of Christ. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And he says that, you know, he's, uh, there's one who's going to come like me. He's talking about Christ. But this example of the, of the shepherd that Moses comes to draw them out and to walk with them. And then sets some of the picture of the prophet and the intimacy with God and revealing that. And how he had to raise up other shepherds, other leaders to walk amongst the sheep. So that, remember, how does the 
How does the shepherd bring the sheep along? Come on. Come on, Rodney. But because there's an intimacy with the Lord, there's an intimacy, I know him, I hear him, come follow me, we will. I love this. I'll bring them into their own land. There is a land that is for us. That land is Christ. He's the land. He's the goal. He's what he is forming us into. It's him. Sorry if I jumped some. Land. The shepherd knows where or who he's leading the sheep to. It's not just a, a aimless wandering. He knows where we're going. So again, for the role of the shepherd, it's understanding and knowing the sheep, knowing I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to, uh, not address, but talk, motivate, tend to Rochelle different to I will Rodney. For what purpose? Just to get around? No, because I know where I'm leading you to. I'm gonna lead you to your own land where there is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's for you. I see it. I know it. I've heard from the apostle and the prophet. I need to be able to communicate. I need to have a relationship with you so I can be speaking to you to lead you to your own land. You don't even realize that there is one. Think of the, the Israelites in Egypt. You know, there's a land flowing with milk and honey. What are you talking about? We're tromping in mud. You know, looking after sheeps. You know, I don't even believe this land exists. But I'm telling you it exists. I've seen it. And I'm going to lead you to it. You can only lead them to where you've been. So the shepherd needs to go there. And it's a work in the heart for the shepherd to receive that from him. I will pasture them in the land. The shepherd's able to feed the sheep. I might have a word for Ollie. There's going to be a different to a word for Nick. I know how to feed them. I know how to give him what is going to be food and sustenance for him that's not going to choke him, but it might choke Nick. Nick might still be on milk. <laughs> so I need how to pastor them. I will tend them and bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. The pastor knows the sheep intimately, where the needs are and what the treatment is. I will tend them and bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. When we go look back at that um, at last week, you know, Chris so beautifully put about that whole function, all that weight that's put on the pastor to try and do all this work for all these people. They've got such an expectation on them to do everything. And he, you know, his, his gifting might actually be that he's an evangelist. You know, and he's being weighed down by all this expectation of the sheep 
do this when he can't actually be released in the gifting the way that the Lord has ordained it? So the true pastor can walk with the sheep and amongst the sheep, leading the sheep, seeing where they enter. This was a beautiful example of that this morning, of the ministering. You know, there's a, there's a, it got quite controversial. I looked at this whole thing about, the, they talk about, you know, the shepherd because the shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep, sheep are somewhat independent minded <laughs> and wanting to do with their own thing but need to learn that intimacy. And there's this thing about the shepherd will break the lamb's leg so that the, the lamb won't go wandering off because we know if you cast your mind back to when scripture was written not so much here in New Zealand lions and things around that's going to wild animals, dogs and stuff that's going to take the sheep so better that the sheep has a broken leg than be gobbled up by a wild dog or something and it's, it's talking about with the lamb Okay, so while the lamb is still getting to know the shepherd that's not the image I have of a father for the shepherd has this father's heart. And as I looked into this, it just kept coming back more and more and more, saying that was actually picked up wrong from a sermon that was spoken. And it's B-R-A-K-E. So to break the leg was to put a weight something that was going to slow that lamb down from running away because what the lamb still had to learn, which hadn't learned at that stage, was that's what this voice sounds like and this voice doesn't harm me. This voice is good for me. This voice leads me to a pasture where I get fed. This voice is good for me. This voice is pretty cool because I no longer have this weight on my leg now. I'm free. So there's a, an, this intimate knowing, this tending, this binding up, this, this closeness, knowing what is right for the sheep. Now I'm not suggesting that, you know, with shepherds going around throwing weights on you or what have you. The point is that the shepherd knows the sheep, knows where the struggles are, can identify and can see and is able to speak into the sheep because it knows and understands the purpose is not just to get you stuck in here, but to bring you into the full measure, into the life of Christ. Not running off, wandering away, doing your own thing. When you step out of the line for him, you start becoming a loner on your side, that's the ones that are devoured by the wolves. I will make them lie down. How does this sound? I will make them lie down. Kirk, lie down. <laughs> I have a crook and a staff. Now lie down, son. You know, again, that's not the imagery of a loving father. Remember the sheep they have no defences of their own. Now they might have horns, but it's really not going to do a lot, not when a dog's ripping at you. 
They're defenseless. They flight, not fight animals. So the tendency is to run till they're worn out. Then the dog gets them. So for a sheep to lie down is a very vulnerable position because it's harder to get up and then run. Now one of the things, uh, a friend just spoke on the same message and he said, oh, you know, I'll put this image up that was a bit made everybody was in America. <gasps> and it was a picture of a kia on the back of a sheep's eating it, eating the fat around the kidney. The sheep have a very high pain threshold. So they'll put up with it until it kills them. Then it's too late. So they need someone who's looking out for them, protecting, watching over, with them, guiding, bringing them back into the fold so that's safe for them, so that they're in a place where it is safe, they know their shepherd, and they will just lie down. Because they say, so I'll make you lie down. Come walk with me. Come know the one that I know, and you'll lie down and rest. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. I am so at rest. I am so at peace. I am so at one with him. He just makes me lie down. The next one's a bit hard. <laughs> I will destroy, depends which, which version you're going to be reading. I will destroy the greasy and the strong sheep. He knows what is harming the sheep. Greasy is, it's like the, the gross fat. Um, the wording that was used to describe this, it talks about the, the gross, fat, lusty sheep. They're lusting after things themselves and they're driving towards that. The effect that that has within the flock is it's damaging the rest of the flock. The strong are the hard, the violent, the impudent sheep. Again, strong, bolshy, pushing, shoving the other sheep. And when you think of that within the context within my people, it's the people that are full of pride. It's the people that are trying, stepping forward for recognition themselves. The shepherd's recognizing this and trying to call, wanting to call those sheep forward to bring those sheep the, to be into the position of a brokenhearted so they can be brought into the life of Christ. But unless we're walking with the sheep, we won't have a heart for them. We'll be like the shepherds at early in, in the start of Ezekiel. They've given up on that and says, oh, well, let's just kill it. That'll be roast lamb tonight. Because it says, and it's interesting too, that the shepherd, where did the, she, the shepherd get his support and income from? The sheep. Got the wool off their backs, ate their meat, probably got the milk. It's not a foreign concept for the sheep to be the provider and the support for the shepherd. Remember, there are heaps of shepherd that need the support. It came from the flock. It didn't come from some, somewhere else. It's just a side. But the shepherd knows the sheep, knows what's going to be harming and damaging, and knows how to lead and to bring them out. 
And he says, I will shepherd. God will shepherd the flock with justice. How can he do that? Remember, this is God, this is God speaking about being the shepherd, but that works through the, the, the person of the, holding the gift of the shepherd. Because he knows the king of righteousness, the king of justice, then the shepherd's able to speak and dispense justice in alignment with him. Psalm 89.14, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Isaiah 32.17, And the work of righteousness will be peace and the service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forever. That was something that the shepherds were, had uh, said against them because they weren't judging with righteousness. They came out of their own selfish ambitions. That's not the pattern of the of the gift or the God given gift of the shepherd. We'll just quickly touch through the rest of it. The sheep are confronted with their behaviour too. I really encourage you to go and have a look at this and to meditate on it and to think about the the. What, this is the Lord speaking to the sheep. Sheep that muddied the waters for the others. Am I a sheep that muddies the waters for you because of my own ignorance and my own pride? coupled very closely with my pride is my arrogance and that my desire to be doing something godly for God, that I'm actually muddying the waters for you. Is it not enough that I get to have a drink but I muddy the waters for everybody else? Is it not enough that I should eat the grass but in my own arrogance end up shoulder-butting the other sheep around, pushing around because I'm searching for my significance and end up trampling the very grass, the very food for you? The shepherd knows this because where's the shepherd? Intimately involved with the sheep. Realising, seeing what is harming the sheep. Which sheep are harming the sheep? Able to judge correctly with righteousness to steer and to direct so that the sheep can come into the fullness, the full measure of the life of Christ. This is the role of the shepherd, hearing from from the apostle and the prophet, hearing the teacher breaking down the message that's being brought so that the shepherd, the pastor, can lead, can speak, can guide, knows the sheep intimately can encourage and raise up other shepherds and release them because they're not fighting to lay hold of some identity for themselves, but is able to release the, the shepherds because there are heaps of sheep and he needs more shepherds. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will tend them and will be their shepherd. No, Psalm 23. David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Where do we want, where does the shepherd want you to come into? Wants you to come into the place 
to be able to say, I've been led into a pasture that is amazing. I've been led into a food source that is incredible. I've been led into a pasture where I can lie down and I'm at rest, even in the midst of an office that is in turmoil, that is full of unrighteousness. I'm in a pasture of righteousness and I can lie down because I've discovered and I know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. This is the role of the pastor, to lead us all into this place. Ultimate, the role of the shepherd within the fivefold is to lead the sheep into Christ himself. That he truly is their good shepherd. I hope and pray that the words that are spoken will be taken by the Holy Spirit and will birth life within each one here and each one that hears this. And I will be giving you eyes to see and ears to hear to birth the life of Christ in you and to build on the work and on the foundation that has already been laid and is being built and that you will come into the full measure of the, f- the whole measure of the fullness of Christ himself that anything that I say <laughs> the flesh just washes away but the word and the living word and the work of the spirit is birthed life within you I actually didn't do any questions for this so I just, you're free, free to go, free to sit, free to talk, free to dialogue, free to ask, free to, I encourage you to talk about what is the Lord doing here in this community? What is he showing us about the role in the fivefold of the shepherd? And how am I responding as a sheep? Amen.